0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
1: Hello everyone, Rob Guest from football.london here and welcome to the latest episode of Gold and Guest Talk Tottenham, sponsored by NordVPN. There's still no Alice the Gold with us this week as he's currently away on his 25th holiday of the year. So it's Lee Wilmot once again joining me. Lee, how are you?
0: I'm very well, thank you. Yes, um, he's still away um, off gallivanting. I don't know how long it's been now, but he's uh, he's due back next week. But um, yeah, delighted to um, delighted to be joining you again. Um, all is well in the Wilmot household. Spurs are top of the league, two points clear. Could make it five on Friday, which is um, which is great. So yeah, smiles all round. Um did you enjoy the game last night?
1: Uh, yeah. I think it certainly <laughs> had its positives and some negatives as well, but all that matters is three points and Spurs managed to do that. Uh with goals from Son Hyung Min in the first half and then a really uh, well taken finish from James Madison nine minutes after the restart. It could have been more though couldn't it? I mean, the amount of opportunities they had, uh, there were a couple of scares. Uh, The one early on, Guglielmo Vicario making a really good save from Jaupelinha and then Fulham did have a few openings in the second half, I think. A few too many for Ange Postacoglu's liking, most certainly. Uh, But yeah, like Ange Postacoglu was saying in his post-match press conference, they really maybe could have put the game to bed in the first half given the amount of chances they had and on another on another day they could have easily been two or three nil up at half time do you know what's interesting what you said there the, the result is all that matters
0: and th- that is all that matters in football three points you get three points you keep getting three points and then three points and the three points you're going to go and, and win something um and i wrote that in a piece um today where i kind of centered around um Andrew's comments after the game last night where he said the second half was probably one of the worst 45 minutes that he's um, he's overseen so far at the club. Um, and y- yes, results are all that matters. But because of the last three or so years we've had, um, and just because of how Tottenham fans have been brought up, um, we've been brought up to to enjoy our football and to, to play a certain way. Um, the result and the performance kind of are supposed to go hand in hand uh, for, for Tottenham fans. And now, after the last three years, we've actually got a manager head coach i should call him um who has that philosophy as well he's clearly not happy that they've owned they've won the game two nil um that's a very antonio conte scoreline isn't it two nil yeah. um get, get an early goal settle in get a second goal and then you're done um he's he wasn't happy with that um that second half showing was not good enough um in terms of what we've come to accept so far this season so um yeah it's 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 just quite exciting, isn't it? I've said it before, it is quite exciting to have that kind of manager involved that won't won't accept um, taking their foot off the pedal, essentially.
1: Yeah, very much so. I mean, there were, like I said at the start of the podcast, there were positives. There was some really good play from Tottenham at times. Uh, but this is the great thing with Ange, he won't let the standard slip and he will continue to want more and more from his Tottenham team. And this is really exciting because they've still got some way to go and they're currently top of the Premier League table won what seven from nine uh, drawn two of the games as well Uh, they're going great guns at at the moment and you know winning becomes a habit and I think the Premier League table very much highlights that at the moment uh, for Spurs so yeah uh, I think all in all it's three points and potentially now, can open up a five-point lead come Friday evening if they win at Crystal Palace.
0: It's incredible to think, really. Yeah. Um, I, ha- I have seen the likes of Arsenal, City, Liverpool don't exactly have tough games the weekend. So <laughs> um, so it probably won't be five points for very long. Um, but what a position that will be to, to be in come 10 o'clock on, on Friday night. Five points clear. It's just just unheard of. And you kind of then take that into... What becomes a, a very big game against Chelsea a, a kind of resurgent Chelsea under um under a certain former favourite um at Tottenham
1: yes right then uh obviously you were watching on last night uh what did you make of Tottenham's performance then overall
0: yeah do you know what the um I thought the first off was very good um it was very I, I was I was pleased to see um I think it was Madison on in his interview with the BBC, I think it was in the end. Um, he didn't he didn't say it on Sky, as far as I'm aware. Um, but he was talking about how. Um, Spurs, he felt like Spurs were a little bit surprised that Fulham didn't press a bit higher than they did. Um, it was very weird to see Mickey van der Ven and Christian Romero just kind of walking with the ball on halfway. And I'm, I'm sat there thinking, come on, let's let's try and uh, find a way through this. Let's try and pick a way through. And it just did feel like they were just being given time on the ball and Fulham were like, well, you, you can try and break us down. You can try and do something. We'll we'll set up in our shape. Um, and you, you've got to try and find a way through us, essentially. Um, and it's where... It's, it, it can be a heart and mouth moment, but it's where you kind of, you draw an opposition onto you, don't you? you? You want them to come out a little bit, so you take those risks to then play the ball forward quickly and get find the spaces and find the pockets of space moving forward, essentially. Um, but yeah, I thought we created a number of good opportunities in the first half. Um, got the goal through Sun, obviously, through a, a mistake from Fulham, but... Good analysis on Sky Sports, I thought, from Jamie Carragher in in that Mickey Van Der Ven closed that space down um, to to go and win that ball um, higher up the pitch, rather than and and just left Carlos Vinicius behind him for for Romero to deal with. Won the ball and and Sonny with an excellent finish, and there were there were other opportunities as well. Um, I thought we we dominated the first. We we gave Fulham a couple of chances. Obviously, that Palinha header was tremendous save from Vicario I, such a strong hand to keep that out it was unbelievable really um, but yeah it could have been 2-3 3, n- three nil up um, and that would have been the game really um, and it would have been interesting then to see how Spurs reacted because I thought we were really sloppy at the start of the second half. The first five, ten minutes of the second half I thought we were really sloppy um, and gave Fulham that little bit of a foothold and then the kind of the Madison goal almost came out of nowhere because we were a little bit on the back foot Um, and then it felt like that was it. The Spurs were quite happy to just hold on to that 2-0 lead. There was another chance obviously where I'm not going to say that they got in each other's way because Madison has clearly said that Sonny got in his way, <laughs> which I think is fair. Um, there was that chance as well. And there were a couple of other moments where balls through to Veliz when he came on um, didn't quite work out. Richarlison had a chance, and I know we're going to talk about him a little bit more later on. Um, but yeah, first off, really good. Second half, I, I was sat there watching it thinking, Andrew's not going to be happy with this. He's not going to be happy with how we're playing in this game. We're just offered Fulham too many chances, too much of the ball, um, and you don't want to be in that position. I was sat there thinking, we could do with a third goal here, because (laughs) if Fulham take one of these chances they're getting, it then becomes nervy, um, which you don't want.
1: Yeah, uh, very much so. I thought Fulham did well in the first half, but it was once Spurs got the opening goal, then turned it on a bit more and had those uh, openings on goal, and there was that fantastic link-up play. I think it was Richarlison into a doggy, who then played it to Madison to Son. Son without flick, first time to a doggy who had his shot blocked. Kuliseski on the follow-up had it blocked and I think prior to the goal, there was a really swift counter-attack. I think it was from a Fulham corner. Kuliseski down the right wing, played it across into Richarlison and, I mean, he was a whisker away from finding the bottom corner. So there was some... Fantastic play, but as you were saying, they were really, really sloppy uh, in the first, in the second half, especially like the first five minutes or so before they eventually got that crucial second goal. Because had a look at Ange at one point, and I think this was Fulham had probably uh, gone through them a couple of times. I think there was one long ball what sent who one of the players who was on the right wing free, and Ange gave the defensive players a proper rocket. He was not impressed by that and uh, I think the second goal in the game was always going to be crucial. Uh, Fulham got some dangerous players up top. You know, William likes scoring against uh, Spurs. He's done it a couple of times when he was at Chelsea and Bobby de Reeve got into a few good positions as well but you just know with Tottenham's quality that when they produce something they've got players there who can take it and yeah, capitalised on some more sloppy play uh, from Fulham. I think Calvin Bassey, again, <laughs> did not have a good game. Everything just came through his like wayward passes and some really good finishes, good play in the build-up for the goals as well. Uh, but after that, as you have seen it's just maybe overplaying at times, trying to score the perfect goal. Very similar to... You know, Arsenal years and years ago, when Arsene Wenger were in charge, when it was like the Invincibles team, and they were just you know trying to pass the way through teams and score the perfect goal. You know, just simplify. It. If you've got an opportunity on goal, take it. You could go in, you could force a rebound, uh, and I, that's what the Ange wasn't impressed about at all, especially second half. It's just. The use of the ball and, as he said, you know, taking liberties at times. He just wants his team to go for it from the first minute to the last and puts the teams to the sword. And unfortunately, they didn't do that in the second half.
0: I think, uh, for me, um, when you're, you're 2 nil up. You're either going to do what Ange wants to do and just keep going for the third, keep going for the fourth, keep playing the same way, or you slot back into an Antonio Conte yeah. side and, and shut up shop completely and and take the two nil. We, we did neither last night. We were so open um, to, to the kind of counter and to balls over the top and to balls in, in behind the defense. Um, it was, it was just, yeah, it, it'll give Ange um, certainly food for thought in terms of how we move on next. And, um, he mentioned Calvin Bassey there. Um, I've got a Fulham supporting friend of mine um, I was chatting to before the game. Um, and I said, oh, I've looked at your um, your fantasy Premier League team and you're clearly not very confident about Fulham tonight because he had three Spurs players in there and no Fulham players in. Um, and he said, well, if we're playing Calvin Bassey at right centre-back, um, it's it's not going to be pretty. And um, yeah, he was, he was absolutely right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> in terms of the Tottenham team then... Uh- there was always going to be one enforced change with Yves Bissouma suspended for the game. I think Andrew Postacoglu made it pretty clear in his pre-match press conference on Friday that Pierre-Emil Hojbjerg would be coming into the team. He said he's basically the ready-made ready replacement for Bissouma. And I think Hojbjerg deserved the start, especially after that 45-minute showing at Luton to help Spurs get over the line, when Luton, of course, had that uh, one-man advantage in the fort. ML emil Heuberg, for me, that I gave him the highest rating in the play ratings last night, I thought it was really, really good. It was both sides of his game. You know, he put himself about from the off, made some really good touches. There was that uh, bit of play midway through the first half when Guglielmo Vicario played the ball out. It was sharp, went straight to William, and Hojbjerg managed to get a, a crucial touch on it. And... Uh, had a key role as well in the second goal. I think while you know, every everyone's going to be talking about Madison and Son's play for that that first time pass, the son was fantastic, right into his path, and he just you know put it on the plate for Madison. I thought for someone who's you know not played an awful lot of football this season, or maybe not as many minutes as he would have liked, uh, said on the previous podcast. Hojbjerg had started 109 of the last 114 Premier League games going into this season. Last night against Fulham was his first start, but you couldn't really tell that because I thought he was really was a standout player. And certainly giving Ange Postacoglu something to think about. What did you make of his performance then, Lee?
0: Yeah, it's it's easy to forget, isn't it, that he was an integral part of the first team for two, three years. Um, never, didn't miss a minute under Mourinho or whatever it is. The, the stat, they always started every single game for however many games in a row. Um, and he, he he was brilliant in in that role, to be fair. In a, what was really a not a struggling Spurs team, but an, a, a less than convincing Spurs team it has been for a couple of years. He was one of the standout players. So for him to lose his place as soon as Ange Postacoglu came in, because... And could see something in Eve Basuma that Antonio Conte couldn't. Um, w- it was a little bit harsh on him. Um, so I don't think I, n- I never really had any doubts that he could come in and, and play the role um, because we've, we've seen him do it before. Um, and yeah, he just he just showed what a what a classy individual he is, really, and um, what a true professional he is coming into the team and and giving it hundred um, percent even though he doesn't know whether his long-term future is going to be at the club. Um, I think he's probably aware that Besuma is the favoured man um, for Ange Postacoglu in that position. Um, I, s- I suppose Hojbjerg could argue that he could play alongside Bissouma. Um He could slot in there um, in, in place of Pape, Pape Sarr, um, who was, again, brilliant um, in, in his own way last night. Uh, yeah, I, ca- I ca- can't fault Heubier, um and his professionalism, I, I think. We all kn- we all know what he's capable of, and yeah, he showed it again last night.
1: Yeah, absolutely fantastic! Just showing that experience, his leadership qualities, and he has you know made an impression in the Tottenham team when he has been coming on, uh, coming off the bench. Then Bournemouth, Liverpool, Luton—the standout ones for me. Manchester United as well, just helping Spurs get over the line. Is a uh, you know, top professional. He was obviously seen as Anto- Antonio Conte's warrior in the uh, middle of the pitch, his Viking. And yeah, uh, I think he deserves all the praise he's going to get today because uh, he was fantastic. I know there was someone else last night who caught your eye, Lee, a certain Brazilian in attack. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, Um Do you know it's um it seems to be the way that I always say something that comes back to bite me. Um I've been I've been a big advocate of Richarlison since he's been at the club and I know you love him um from from his Everton days, obviously. Um and I think we said on the podcast last week that we probably well, I think I said um that he probably should be dropped um just because it wasn't happening for him, um, and you can't be sentimental in, in situations like this. And if Bren Johnson was back, then it would be nice to, to see him back in. But he obviously he missed a couple of chances last night, with Charleston. That's what everyone. That's the stick everyone will continue to shake at him. Um, my my oldest son um, was not impressed with the first miss in the first half. Um, wanted him wanted him off straight away. Uh, such as um, how <laughs> that's um, that's the youth of today, mate. It's the youth of today. <laughs> Um, but his all round game last night I thought was excellent. Um the way he kind of he, he kind of he battled back, it was tracking back, um being defensive, he was holding onto the ball really well, um using his strength, um getting the passes in, um linking up with the midfield. Um, and playing the ball into the positions he put one brilliant ball in for Pedro Porro um, just couldn't get on the end of um, and yeah, I thought his all-round play was really good last night um, and I know you, you want to speak about him a little bit more but um, I, I did notice someone tweet earlier today I think it was, or may even have been last night and this is no slight on Dejan Kulusevski at all uh, but in six starts, um, Richardson has one goal and three assists so four goal involvements in six starts um, and Kulusevski has two goals in and no assists in nine starts. Now, I think the tweet I read said this is not doing any disservice to Kulusevski, and I don't want to do any kind of disservice to Kulusevski because I think he's been brilliant, um, and his kind of build-up play this season without getting the rewards of goals and assists has been outstanding. But when you look at those bare facts, Richarlison is actually having an impact without scoring the goals that everyone wants him to score
1: Yeah, very much so. Uh, Assists in three successive home games now. There was obviously the Sheffield United one, Liverpool last time out, and then uh, Fulham last night. He's he's making an impact, so now everyone wants him to be scoring goals and now everyone was rightly saying he needs to be, especially when he was starting in the central role, but now he's on the left. Obviously, he still needs to be contributing with goals, but probably not as many as people wanted him to when he was in the central role. But he's uh, certainly chipping in with the assist, which is pleasing. Uh, I thought it was a really, really good pass from him uh, to Son. Just quick thinking, put Son into a really good position and he just finished it expertly. Uh, like you said, it's just his all-round play. You know what you're going to get from him defensively. He'll always, you know, work back, uh, help cover, destiny of doggy. He'll put in the hard yards and it will also make an impact going forward. And I thought his link-up play last night was really good. And that ball into Pedro Porro was absolutely fantastic. Such a wicked delivery. And it was just a shame, you know, Porro was, what, about a yard or so off maybe getting on the end of it and converting it. Uh thought it was a really good performance from him. Uh But I think a lot will probably remember that shot but in the second half. What went like some way over the crossbar into the south stand? It would mean it was a shocking attempt. Uh, I mean, it was good. Someone, some, someone, someone remember the moment as well that
0: had uh Ange Postacoglu irate yeah. on the touchline, a little bit of nonchalance that um we have seen from um from Richarlison before. Talk us yeah. through that because I know you've written a story about it today,
1: yes. Uh, right, just going back to that miss, I think that was really good play from Spurs at the time. and, He had time in the area just, you know, to take a touch and settle himself, but rushed it. Uh, Yeah, as I was saying, missed the goal by some distance. Uh, I don't even think that they'd gone in if there was another goal on top (laughs) of the goal. It was that high. Uh, But yeah, as you were saying, uh, Ange was not impressed at one point. I think it was 71st minute. Peter Milhojberg had the ball in central area spread it out wide to Richarlison, who was unmarked. It bounced. better bit of in trying to bring it down on his shoulder instead of maybe just chesting it down. And it was a loose touch. Timothy Castagne has come in, won the ball. Uh, Fulham have ended up conceding the throw-in and, you know, Ange is just, just raging at that point. just And arms are in the air, just like going, what's going on here? Like, Simplify it, just do the basics, uh, really. James Madison had to put his hand up in like a bit of an apologetic manner towards the bench uh, and then gave you know, Richarlison a bit of a tap on the shoulder in terms of like encouraging him. It was just sloppy, wasn't it? But I mean, that was what Spurs were guilty of in the second half, uh, as I'm saying in his press conference, just taking liberties, you know. What he wants is, you don't rest on your laurels at all. Even when like you're two three nil up, you keep going and you keep going until the full time whistle. That's what he wants you to do. Just keep going, go for the jugular. He doesn't want showboating or you know a team taking the foot off the gas. And yeah, uh, really, really poor play that. And I'm pretty sure he gave them a real uh, talking to it uh, full-time and I'm pretty sure he'll uh, be drilling home that message again over the course of the week that that's not to happen again. You've just got to keep going and keep going until the full-time whistle.
0: Yeah, it could it could work in, in our favour in, in in some ways. It could give them the rocket they need going into Palace on Friday. Um, as Ange said afterwards, it is a, a quick turnaround for, for Friday night football, but we, we can't... Can't really complain, given there's no European football or anything. This is probably the only quick turnaround Spurs are going to have uh, this season, really.
1: Yeah, this is the thing. It's, what, five days or so? I, I mean, it's usually what Spurs would be doing last season if then the Champions League it'd be the, Monday to Friday is the equivalent of doing a Tuesday to Saturday. So there might be five days this time. But between Palace and Chelsea, there's 10 days because Spurs yeah. are playing on the Monday again. This is what it's like this season with no... European football in midweek or the Carabao Cup after they got knocked out back in August at Fulham. Uh, And they did, I said at the end of uh, me talking points on that Richarlison moment, could actually work in Spurs' favour at Crystal Palace because they know they've had the rocket from Postacoglu and they won't want to upset him. And they could really potentially, if they go for it and play the football they're capable of, they could potentially put Crystal Palace to the sword. Because yeah. no, Palace aren't in the best of form at the moment. They lost 4-0 at Newcastle the other day. Uh, so, yeah, it's just one thing we don't want to see, just them taking liberties because they're too good for that. Just concentrate yeah. on your game, you know. You can score a lot more goals. Right, uh, as you touched on him a bit earlier, Dane Uh With Brennan Johnson back to full fitness now, getting nine minutes under his belt last night, plus the stoppage time. If Johnson's going to come back into the team... Where,
0: where did that stoppage time, time come from, by the way? I've Seven no, minutes? I don't know. I, I, I do not understand.
1: I've no idea. Uh, were there any injuries? I can't a, really... Nothing noticeable. No. No VAR checks or anything. It's very strange. I've, I've no idea, but as I was saying and Brendan Johnson back. Uh, and maybe wants to make some changes for Crystal Palace. If he's to make a change in attack and bring Johnson in, who's at risk? Is it
0: <laughs> Oh, it's, it's hard to say, isn't it? Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of Kulosevsky um, and what he brings to the table. Just getting us on the front foot and the little the little flicks and the little um, the strength he's got to to kind of, Keep a fullback out of the way and then get us moving down down the flank. Um, so yeah, he's he's not he's not bringing in the, the numbers as it were that the Richarlison is, but it's he's all round game. I don't I don't know. It's hard it's hard to say. Um, Richarlison's form previously would be the easy one to say. Well, if Brendan Johnson were to come back in, then it's for Richarlison. But yeah, as I say, I thought Richarlison was excellent last night um, without scoring a goal. Uh, that that one moment might put Ange off, you know. That one moment might be right. You're showboating has cost you a start. You can sit on the bench this time. Um you never know. But yeah, Kulisevsky, I don't it's it's hard for me to to criticize him really. I don't I don't know what you think um about his performances, but I think everything that he offers, um he's doing everything right apart from grabbing the the kind of the last assist or or the goal essentially. I think everything else is is there for him.
1: Yeah, I think effectively it is that. I think he's played well at times this season. Uh, Maybe it's just, you know, the final ball, the final piece of play from him. Uh, It's just not coming off. I think maybe he needs to be a bit more selfish at times because he's getting into some really good shooting positions, but then maybe, you know, laying the ball off to Son or Richarlison. I think you said that one point was a Spurs attack and then everyone was basically laying it off to each other rather than you know going for goal uh, I think the thing is for Kulaseski he came in and made such an impact uh, when he signed initially signed on loan from Juventus I think it was five goals eight assists in 18 Premier League games which was just absolutely you know staggering and played a major major part in Tottenham getting a Champions League finish at the end of that season and didn't match those numbers really last season, didn't have a similar impact. And maybe one of these, because he made that huge, huge impact, they're the levels you're holding him to and you're expecting him to be hitting those numbers, you know, week in, week out. And unfortunately it's not worked out for him, certainly not for the, you know, want of trying. He's been playing some really good football. It's just the final bit of play maybe at times. And, People are gone to have a look at goal involvement numbers and you know, Rich is ahead of him at the moment. So maybe his he is the one at risk and right wing, it's Brendan Johnson's natural side. So it just seems to be like a like for like replacement. But we
0: know we know Ange came in and was um was not not happy that data wasn't being used as much as he thought it should be used. Um, so, yeah, it, it could be that he looks at the, the brass numbers um, and, and gives Kulusevski a little little stint on the bench.
1: Yeah, but I mean, this is one of these things what you know could potentially work in his favour as well because he's always been a first team regular at Tottenham. Maybe not had a challenger really for his position. I mean, the first season he was at the club, he was. Lucas Moura and Stephen Bergwijn and you know they weren't getting a lot of football uh, from the bench last season who did they have uh, Richarlison even Perisic as well yeah it might be one of these where it does help him out you know it might spur him on to even greater heights and I think this is the thing you just don't want a great first 11 you want a great 20-25 20-25 man squad yep. and you've got everyone fighting for a place in the team and that will uh, you know the increased competition will work in Tottenham's favour and you know get players hitting new levels altogether. so maybe he he, w- he will drop out of the team uh, against Crystal Palace. No, Ange said pre-Fulham uh, because of the quick turnaround that he's probably going to have to make use of his squad and make some changes here and there so Maybe we do see one because he gave Brendan Johnson the start in the North London derby. Uh, that was after coming off the bench against Sheffield United the week previous. So he's not afraid to putting Brendan Johnson in the starting lineup, whoever they play. So yeah, yeah, maybe it is Kuliseski at risk. Maybe um,
0: it would be interesting on Friday. I'm l- I'm looking forward to Friday already, um, just purely because I think I would have been looking forward to it um, had we battered Fulham last night and and gave a, put in a brilliant performance anyway but I think I'm more looking forward to it now because the second half wasn't wasn't that great and interested to see how the team react to what will be um a um going ballistic I think is um, is what James Madison described it as from from that pre-season game against Shakhtar wasn't it
1: yes it was it was uh before we discuss a bit more uh, of last night's 2-0 win over Fulham I'll tell you about the benefits of using NordVPN, right? If you're not aware by now, the Golden Guest Tottenham podcast is sponsored by NordVPN and you can use the service in a host of different ways to enhance your internet experience. NordVPN is the fastest VPN in the world and that means there's no buffering, no lagging and you can stream your favourite shows from anywhere in the world without your bandwidth throttling. You can use Nord to set your device to thinking it's back in the UK and just watch them as normal. Not only that, but the outlay on the Nord VPN subscription is cheaper for you in the long run. And that's because you can purchase streaming services in other countries at a much cheaper rate. For example, you can change your virtual location to Australia, where Ali is enjoying himself right now. You can maybe book flights from Australia or any country you want to book flights from. And also security-wise, it's a great system for pretty much going as far as you possibly can to stop people stealing things off your device if you're connected to a public Wi-Fi. Such a clever app that you can install on any device that you've got, quite frankly, and is very easy to set up and you can get straight on and going with it. There's a whole host of other benefits from signing up to NordVPN, so why not give it a go? You can grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com forward slash gold guest to get your huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four additional months for free. It's completely risk free with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. Right then, uh, as you mentioned, James Madison, I think he came out with the Premier League Man of the Match award last night. Another good showing from him
0: well yeah <laughs> we we've got this on the list to talk about today I don't know, I don't know what more <laughs> what more I can say about James Madison um, it's yeah he just what he wants the ball every opportunity doesn't he um he he mentioned it in his post-match interview last night that um I've already said here that they they were surprised that Fulham weren't pressing as high as they expected um and the the centre-backs were kind of walking on on halfway and Madison himself said that I've, I've made the decision or it's not his decision but it's um it's something that Postecoglou wants his kind of his players to be fluid uh, and to kind of not be set in their positions essentially um he made the decision to come and get the ball from the defenders a bit deeper um, and try and make things work and it, it, it certainly worked he's he just he just has this natural ability to be everywhere on the pitch um and he's he's not he's not got a massive amount of pace um he's just so intelligent as a footballer to to be in the right place at the right time and um I think he'd be quite happy if son Hyung min was not in his uh, his place at the wrong time um in the second half otherwise he would have had two goals to his name but um yeah, great signing. Jamie Carragher spoke about him on Sky Sports afterwards, saying he's probably been the most influential signing of the season. And it's hard to disagree, really, um, the, the numbers that he's putting in. Um, how many... Where are we? I've got the stats here, I think. I just had them open. Um, three goals and five assists in the Premier League in nine matches. Can't ask for much more, can you?
1: Oh, not at all. I mean, not for the price as well. What, the paid for him? so peanuts in today's market. I think. How much did Arsenal pay for Kai Havertz? About sixty-five. Sixty-five.
0: Million. Yeah, twenty-five million more.
1: Yeah, I mean, what a deal signing of the summer. I think the they
0: they they've spent sixty-five million on a player who is a forward, but they've tried to turn into a midfielder. Whereas we've signed a midfielder for forty million.
1: Yeah, and James Madison's just an absolute game changer uh, for Tottenham. Obviously, there was going to be major, major worry uh, where like, the goals and assists were going to come from with Harry Kane departing. And, you know, Madison's just filled in that role perfectly and not a bad number 10 to replace Harry Kane. Uh, Madison's just been outstanding ever since he stepped in through the door. I know we did a interview with, it's the Men in Blazers podcast in America last week, and he was talking about his performances and saying... There's been a few games this season where you know everyone's been raving about him and saying he's been you know, man of the match and he himself is going, well, I don't actually think I was that good in that game. I can actually be better. So I actually wonder what he, his view is on his performance from last night, given mean, he got man of the match again. But no, I thought another really good showing. You know, he just wants to get on the ball and make a difference. And when you've got... A play with that quality, you know, you're going to be opening up the doors and creating chances for, you know, Son and the wide plays, and yeah, just like absolute transfer bargain, just a transformative signing, uh, really for Tottenham, and just everyone's waxing lyrical about him, and he thoroughly deserves it, and those numbers are only really going to increase as the season goes on.
0: The way the way he talks as well about um, like at the beginning of the season he said he could always see himself in in the in this Tottenham kit, um, and I think he was speaking last night saying that um, the fans love him and he loves the fans and he's already feeling like it's a home sort of thing. He's saying all the right things about being at Spurs and you kind of he's he's talking up what Spurs have always stood for. I think essentially um, he's he's kind of delving into into that philosophy of being a a kind of a flair player um, at Spurs and being the man to make things happen. He's just thriving, thriving on the pressure of being the main man, essentially. Now, although Son Heung-min obviously is the captain and is expected to be the main man in Harry Kane's absence, Madison has taken the number 10 shirt and knows that he he knew, probably as soon as he came in, he probably knew, like Ange did, that if the opportunity was there, Harry was going. So, he had time to kind of get his feet under the table and think. Oh, you know what? I can I can take this team by the scruff of the neck and make it my own team.
1: Yeah, very much so. Uh, so unlucky not to get another goal last night. It was just watching it back. It was a bit of a heavy touch from him in the area. Did escape him a little, so you can probably see why Son's gone for it. Do you know what? Um,
0: I, as soon as I first saw it, um, Son put his hand out to tell Madison, "I'll take over." Um, right. <laughs> and uh, Madison obviously ignored him because he's like well it's my ball I've already got it it's my ball I'm going to take it
1: yeah it's uh, just a shame he got in his way because I think he'd have scored in that position yeah. very similar to his, his first goal of the night but he's going to score a lot more goals at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium over the course of his Spurs career because he's just a top top player uh,
0: disappointed I mean, with his first free kick on the night
1: yeah, was that it the one who played short to, to Destiny? Pot, probably a bit too much on it and it was yeah. a heavy touch. Yeah, that was just like prime James Baddison position. You're just thinking, yeah, it look like you're going to go for it now because he scored a number of free kicks for Leicester City. Uh, it's just a really good position. You're just thinking, be selfish, just go for it. But well, my, my son
0: said, Oh, we've got a number 10 who can take free kicks finally. And then that happened. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Uh, a couple of other players we need to talk about Destiny, a doggy, and Papa Matassar, uh Both subbed off quite early in the contest. Destiny came off a couple of minutes after Madison's goal. Papa Matasar was just after the hour mark. Uh, Ange was asked about the reasons why they came off. So I think, obviously, the main concern when you're coming off so early in the second half is probably injuries, which will, will have been going through everyone's mind. But uh, Ange made it perfectly clear what the reason was. Uh, he said Pap hasn't been well uh, the last 24 hours, but he was really keen to start tonight. Candy knew probably 60 minutes would be his maximum. So there was just fatigue in him. Short turnaround, but the medical team seems to be pretty confident that it will be fine. Destiny just felt a bit of tiredness at half time, and we said, just give it 10, 15 minutes again, short turnaround. And once we got the second goal, it made sense to take him off. So it's just one of these where no injuries, just giving them a bit of a rest. And especially with that short turnaround, that extra bit of a breather could, you know, do them good and put them back in the starting lineup against Palace. Saar did make a crucial intervention a couple of minutes before he came off with that brilliant header uh, to deny Jimenez yeah. at the back post just seemed to come from absolutely nowhere and took it off Jimenez's head because he'd have been testing Vicario given where he was in the area.
0: Yeah, I made I made a point of like when the replay came on of saying to my, my kids like look look how far Saar is out before he's sprinted to get that header. Um just shows the the kind of desire um and kind of what Ange Postecoglou kind of um, puts into you um, when, when you play playing on one of his teams, essentially, that he, he felt he had to do that. And yeah, ex- excellent, a brilliant covering um, header it really was.
1: Yeah. I also point my talking points that I think Destiny's first goal for the club was just, you know, a matter of time away. Uh, he's just getting into these excellent positions, teaming up really well with, you know, those in attack. And that bit of play where some Flicked it into his path first time, so unlucky. Uh it is coming. Uh again, another really, really good showing, I thought, from Destiny, both sides of his game. Uh, especially in defence as well, because there was one point towards the end of the first half when Bobby DeCord the Reeve had a header and he was in so much space, and there was another Fulham attacker in space, and Destiny got that crucial block. Uh what did you make of his performance then? More of the same yeah. as usual?
0: Edward, I, do you know what? I didn't think he was as good um, as we've right. seen him um, this season. I thought you were a little bit um, generous with your player ratings um, in terms really? of destiny last night. But yeah, but um, he if he's tired, obviously, Andrew's brought him off after 55 minutes. Um he, Perhaps wasn't quite wasn't quite in the zone um, as he has been before, but yeah, I just thought it was, you, you make a good point about the the chance that he, he got into the box and really really well played going forward with that um, little um, get, bit of play with Son um, and. the the blocker against um they could overread obviously but i just felt he was a little bit sloppy in possession um i didn't think he the ball stuck with him sometimes a little bit careless um with control sometimes just got the wrong side of um forwards sometimes having to get back in in position not to say it was a bad performance i think i've just already come to expect more from, from him this season um but yeah i didn't think it was one of his best but um yeah, if, if if he's got a bit of time and a bit of rest now to, to get back to back to it on Friday, hopefully.
1: Yeah. What did you make of the subs then? Uh who came on? We saw five changes last night. Emerson, Oliver Skip getting some, you know, much needed minutes because we've not really seen a lot of him this season with Basuma and Sarah Madison playing so well in midfield. And then there was that triple change, the final ten minutes with La Celso, uh Alejo Valise and Brendan Johnson coming on.
0: You, those ones in particular, the last ones, you want them to kind of get a grip of the game in the last 10 minutes, don't you? And just kind of settle it down a little bit and didn't really do that, unfortunately. Um, it's what I think I've said it on podcast before that you do wonder about the strength and depth at Spurs and whether we can maintain uh, the kind of a title charge with, with the players that are coming off the bench. I, I don't think they had the best impact last night. Um, I know we're going to disagree about Emerson Royale a little bit. Um, I thought... There were occasions where he was out of position. Um, I didn't think he... Let's not forget, he he hasn't played very much at all this season, has he really? So I can't be too harsh on him because I do think he was kind of coming into his own um, second half of last season. I thought he he played really well second half of last season. Um, But yeah, he... I don't think he was great. And then you, before we came onto the podcast, you made the point that he did make two excellent blocks, which is absolutely fair. He did make two excellent blocks, um, which is what he's there for. He's there to defend those those chances. I just felt with at least one of them, um, he, he gave Harry Wilson so much so much space to start with, and it's probably not his fault. I think the, the team was playing high, and that's Ange Postecoglou wants the team to play high. So um, he did have to rush back and, and get into position to make that block. Um, Yeah, um, you you can you can talk up Emerson Royale now if you want.
1: (laughs) I don't think there's that much more to say, really. I I thought he, you know, more than played his part when he came on, especially going on to the left side because he's naturally right-sided. There was those, you know, blocks in the final few minutes of stoppage time because, yeah, the game was won, but. Fulham could have given Spurs a bit of an almighty fright in the final few minutes. Like If they'd taken one of those chances, Jimenez had a good chance what uh, Vicario saved. Wilson got played through and for a play, of his, his quality, you're probably expecting him to score. But Mickey van der Ven, who was excellent again last night. And I mean, pace to burn, that lad. It's, uh, it's incredible, incredible when you lid. see
0: someone trying to play a ball in behind. It's like, nope, you're not getting that. No, you're not beating Mickey Van Der Ven in a foot race.
1: Yeah, and you're just thinking the position Wilson was in and then uh, Van Der Ven just comes from absolutely nowhere, slows Wilson down a bit and then Emerson's on hand to get another uh, block in. I can't remember what his other block was, but at the time I'm thinking, yeah, another crucial intervention from him. I I thought he played well uh, when he came on, but you've got to because he's not been a regular. I think his early starts have been Brentford on the opening day and then Fulham in the Carabao Cup at the end of August. And I can't even remember him getting many minutes from the bench, really. I think he might be here and there, He's early played. So I think it's the case for all the subs. Once you come on, you've got to try and make an impact. I thought... Skip did all right, uh, played his part. He made a crunching tackle on one player. I can't remember who it was. It might have been William in yeah, the middle I, of um, the pitch.
0: When I first saw that, I thought, that's a great tackle that is. And then when you see the replay back, it doesn't actually, doesn't actually get any of the ball, I don't think. So he oh, was a little right. bit lucky, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I didn't actually spot that on the replay. But yeah, I, I thought Skip did okay. But the problem for Oliver Skip is is ahead of him, Sars ahead of him, Hajbigs ahead of him, Rodrigo Bentenker will be ahead of him in the pecking order soon. So it's not really a lot of minutes and this is where the lack of European football and you know Carabao Cup football as well proves costly because you've got yep. a number of players in the squad who need to be playing. Uh LaCelso made a really good block on Alex Worby outside the area as yep. as well uh, in stoppage time. But for like Lo Celso, Valise, Johnson, it's limited time to make an impact. Final, what, nine minutes plus seven minutes stoppage time. And this was at a time where, you know, as I'm said, Spurs were maybe taking liberties at times, taking that extra touch on the ball when they didn't need to, and Those three players need more playing time. And same pre-game, we'd like to see Lo get a bit more playing time. But then again, we said last week, there's only one position for him, really. And James Madison has been outstanding. So it's like, when's he going to really get an opportunity? I think he's just going to have to wait wait for maybe Madison to be coming off or for the FA Cup to restart uh, in January when Spurs enter the third round. But yeah, it's, it's the way it is for the subs, really. Just got to make an impact when that opportunity comes along.
0: I suppose the one thing I I can say about Emerson Royale is that he has gone through some tough times at Spurs and and come out the other side stronger and better for it so um, yeah you, you would expect that he can he can do it again um, when he's called upon so um, yeah another uh, little add before we move on to um, look into uh, Crystal Palace on Friday night um, once again after last night's performance it doesn't get any more exciting at Tottenham Hotspur than it is this season and the best way to soak up all the atmosphere is inside premium hospitality. Guaranteed seats to all home matches, indulge in unforgettable dining experiences at Spurs world-class stadium and enjoy exclusive member but only events outside match day two. Premium at Tottenham Hotspur is unmatched. Visit tottenhamhotspur.com forward slash premium to find out more.
1: Right. Sorry, so Crystal Palace yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Crystal Palace, Friday, quick turnaround. <laughs> A repeat of last season's win. Uh, That'd be nice. would <laughs> Go down very nicely. 4 nil. all four goals in second half as well, weren't Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, uh, that was a bit of a surprise. Like I said earlier in the pod, uh, Palace, not a, maybe the best of starts. I mean, they're in the position you usually expect them to be in. Premier League table, uh, in right bang in the middle. Final uh, defeat, uh, Newcastle last weekend, so uh, Roy Hodgson certainly needs a reaction from his players. I'm assuming is still out injured, What I think will work in... Spurs' favour because, I mean, he's such a good player. It's a bit of a tough one then in terms of the teams. Uh, yeah, I think you probably know what question I'm going to ask about Eves Bersuma. <laughs> now that he's served his one-match ban, does he come back in or do you maybe leave him on the bench, rest him to ensure he doesn't pick up that fifth booking of the season so that he is available for Chelsea a week on monday
0: that would be harsh on hoydie though wouldn't it to to say oh you've been you've been brilliant against no, fulham no. we'll give you a start against palace um and then oh, when it comes to chelsea oh do you know what bohum is going to come back in now um because he's I mean, him have the yellow card there
1: yeah but i mean it'd be harsh on hoydie if he was to miss out at crystal palace after such a good performance yeah, i mean definitely good selection headaches to have though
0: it is yeah i don't I don't know what I would. I think. Oh, I think I probably do. I think I would bring Basuma back in. Um, I don't think you can play the game of oh, try and save him for Chelsea and then use the yellow card somewhere else. I think you're running into dangerous territory when you try and do that um, and kind of putting a leash on a player or not putting a leash on a player, as it were. Um, as I don't know that as as good as Hoybier was last night. I just. I don't know. I just felt we were missing a little bit of something. A little bit of Basuma in there. Um, as as Madison was talking about having to come and get the ball from the defence, Basuma just does that. So well slots in, in there, like playing out from goal kicks and just turning um, on the edge of the box and getting away from midfielders that are, that are on his back and gets things moving from there essentially. And that's not to say that Hoybeer can't do it. I just think I, I missed a little bit of seeing that last night from from Basuma. Um, I think he's been so good this season. Um, and yes, Hoybeer was really good when he came in last night. But for me, I think Basuma is the first choice. Um, kind of holding midfielder as it were in, in that position how, how, how do you think for, for Friday night
1: I've no idea to be <laughs> honest predicted team's going to be fun everyone <laughs> it's such a tough one because Heuberg played so well and for me he deserves to start again and keep his place but you've got a player of Basuma's quality who's been you know very very impressive all season do you give Sar a rest and play those two
0: if he, yeah. If we were talking about him being tired last night as well, potentially you could do that. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I I know someone last night was you know speaking about the possibility of resting Basuma against Palace, but then he's he won't have had a lot of football going into the Chelsea match. No, but you know what's going to happen if Basuma starts will be booked within five minutes, won't <laughs> yep. it? to happen. Uh,
0: yeah. Benton thrown back in for the Chelsea game then.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What, from the off?
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, I think the good thing is Rodrigo Benton is, you know, back in full training, working his way back to fitness. The Fulham game was too soon for him, but you'd like to think you'd see him in the match they squad before uh, November's international break comes around. I mean, from a Tottenham perspective, that's only three games now. It's, you know, that just come around so quickly, these breaks. Uh, I suppose you just don't even really seem to get going uh, yeah. before international football comes around. So, yeah, it's going to be great to see Bentaker back on the pitch with Tottenham because, you know, they've started so, so well this season. And as Andrew was saying last Friday in his press conference, there's still a lot of players at Spurs who haven't made a contribution this season. You've got Lo Celso, Brian Hill, Brendan Johnson, Rodrigo Benson Kerr. These are four really good players as well. So this just shows that, you know, there's that strength and depth, uh, what you need if you, you want to challenge towards the top. So Spurs, yeah, I think they're really going in one direction with Andrew Postacoglu, which is upwards at the moment, which yep. is great. See, that's what we've wanted to see for a few seasons. So I'm not sure if Benson Kerr will be, in a position to play Friday I think maybe you just rest him wouldn't you then he's got it'd be nice two... to see
0: him on the bench against Chelsea uh, if he's in yeah. the match against Chelsea it'd be nice it's
1: two weeks away now so you know ample time really uh, you know to improve on his fitness and potentially take his place back in the squad in terms of other changes for Palace would you be looking at making any
0: er uh... I don't think so. No. I think the only other question mark is if Brennan Johnson comes in. Um I don't I don't see any changes being the, the back line speaks for itself, providing there's no injuries in training. Um Vicari obviously picks himself. And then you've got Hoybier uh Basuma, two two from three uh, there. Madison picks himself, Son picks himself, <laughs> um and then it's yeah, the other Richardson and Johnson um question mark, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think for me, Andrew's saying that, given the turnaround, probably he's going to have to use his squad a bit more. I'd start Brendan Johnson on Friday. I'd probably give Kolesovsky a rest, just drop him down to the bench. Uh, put Johnson on Johnson on his natural right side. There, uh, you know what you are going to get from Brendan Johnson: just direct player, skillful, bags of pace, can have a big, big impact in the final third, and obviously bought for big money. As well, so the Tottenham obviously really confident that can be a key player for them uh, over the coming years. So, yeah, I'd probably give Johnson a goal now, get him into a good position ahead of the Crystal Palace game. Uh, I know there's been a couple of injuries in attack with even Perisic, uh, Mana Solomon out on the sidelines for an extended period of time, but there's still some really good options there. What Postacogli who can make a few changes. So for me, I'd. I probably would start Johnson, and yeah, Do you maybe drop Saad down to the bench and give Hybey and Besuma a go. Maybe
0: could be a way to go. Yeah. Um. Just interestingly, I've just been um looking at the fixtures um, while we were because I, I, I know we have got Palace on Friday, and then I know Chelsea's the next game. I wasn't I couldn't off the top of my head uh, remember who was after that, but so Spurs last week uh, before the international break we were first on, weren't we? Um, Saturday lunchtime against Luton. Um, yeah. This week, we've been last um, against Fulham. Then next weekend, we're first, obviously, against Crystal Palace on Friday night. Following weekend, we're last um, against Chelsea on the Monday night. Following weekend, we're first again um, against Wolves at lunchtime on the Saturday. It's just so... There's fixtures all over the shop. Um, Kind of, kind of have an opportunity to kind of get ahead at the top of the table? And then a couple of weeks later, you're chasing again because we're the last on. Um, Just the way the the fixtures work out, I suppose, but just found that... Little bit of uh, information interest in there.
1: Yeah, I think we're probably going to struggle for Saturday three PM kickoffs this season, just because you know Spurs always seems to be on the telly at the moment. What and... TV companies love Tottenham as it is, and if you throw in a potential
0: title challenge as well, it's just going <laughs> to be on telly every week.
1: Yeah, and we're obviously we're waiting for December's TV fixtures at the moment to be finalized, so we'll figure out when. You know, Spurs are playing in the final month of the year, but they confirmed the Man City one the other day, Sunday, half four. I was staggered by that because it's always Saturday, half five. It has been for like five or six seasons now. Obviously, the last season's got moved to a midweek game because around the Premier League games got cancelled because of, you know, the Queen uh, passing away. Uh, but yeah, just waiting for these December TV fixtures, but. Bet your bottom dollar Spurs are going to be on telly more often than not in December. It's just the way it's going at the moment. But when you're playing good football, everyone wants to watch you.
0: Exactly. Long may it continue.
1: Yes. So then, right, quickly, Andrew's words at full time. He will be, you know, drilling into the players this week. This can potentially have a positive impact going into Friday's game because Spurs players aren't going to, you know, Gonna want to disappoint them.
0: They've they've brought into it already, haven't they? Um, yeah, he, yeah. He's, he's come he's come in and nine games in, seven wins, two draws. Playing the football that Andrew wants to see in the main. Um, the players have clearly already bought into it. So when they when they drop it like they did um, last night, you can bet your bottom dollar they'll be they'll be up for making sure that doesn't happen again straight away on Friday. It'll, it's bound to happen again at some point during the season, but if they do it two weeks in a row. Um, Postacoglu is not going to be a happy man at all. Um, just you could his, de, his demeanour after the game last night was just as, as if we'd lost. So, um, yeah, you he, he, he don't want to upset the man,
1: no, certainly not. So, a repeat of last season's win at Crystal Palace would be nice, and you just want another three points, open up that five point lead, which just this time of the year sounds you know incredible, but. I think Liverpool, have they got Nottingham Forest, Uh, Arsenal are at home to Sheffield United, City have got United in the derby.
0: Yes, that's correct.
1: You know, United seem to have turned a bit of a corner past few results, so maybe they could get something against City.
0: They've they've got a couple of results, but they're still they're not playing particularly well. Man United. Um, it is the derby though. You never know what's going to happen in a derby, do you? So, um, yeah, fingers crossed they can they can get a result there. Fingers crossed Spurs get a result first on Friday. Um, but yeah, I, I wasn't holding much hope out of the the fixtures that I saw for Arsenal, Liverpool. Um, after we play Palace, um, obviously both at home, both to lower lower um, table sides, um, and then. The the next one, um, when we played Chelsea, is is interesting because Arsenal are away at Newcastle on on the Saturday night before we play on the Monday. Um, That's an interesting one. Um, City are at home to Bournemouth. Liverpool are away at Luton. So, (coughs) Arsenal are the only ones there.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just one of these for Spurs. Just concentrate on yourself. Just continue to pick up the points and just see where that leaves you come the turn of the year. And, you know, the way they're going at the moment... I think they're going to be in a decent position come the new year so long well mate, Friday Friday's game
0: is a uh, Friday's game is a quarter of the season isn't it um done there, yes. ten, 10 games so yeah
1: yeah it will be it will be yeah yeah right we'll leave that there for today's latest episode of Golden Guests Tot- Tottenham we'll be back next week uh with Ali providing he decides to come back from Australia <laughs> Uh, to review the Crystal Palace match and then also look ahead uh, to Chelsea a week on Monday at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium as ever just keep with us at football.london for all your latest Tottenham news to grab a huge discount off your NordVPN plan go to nordvpn.com forward slash gold guest you can receive an extra four months for free and there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee the link is in the episode description box